Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That is our theme, always. Yeah, it's a solid one. It's a solid one, but... I've had it all my life, actually. (laughs) Stop dying, Chuck. Or the Chuck no, was just don't recent. Don't die. Don't die. That's always been my goal. Yeah. It's a good thing. Live fast, die old. You know, I'm always astonished that people listen to this. You know, and yesterday, <laughs> why yesterday, Wiley and a couple other people text me, how come there's not a new pod up? I'm like, how the hell do people even know that it's not up? Well, I right? put one, I put two up in a row. So real like I didn't. I'm going to put this People one. People will tonight. listen to two hours of this nonsense in a row. No, I, I, no, I edited it, Bob. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, the reason why I bring it up is podcasts. So I have a book coming out, a real book with Evan and I wrote. Well, I wrote, I wrote, I would, to be fair, I wrote a third of it. Evan wrote two thirds of it. He would probably say, <laughs> he would probably say he wrote 75% of it and I wrote 25% of it. But either way, both of our names are on the book, gentlemen. Okay. Equal billing. Is your name <laughs> yes, first equal. or is your name no, second? No, we went alphabetical. EFGH. No, he's first. Why is that? Uh, he said, he said, I'm first <laughs> alphabetical. I was like, okay, because I, I can't even fucking spell. <laughs> Forrest is before Haynes. <laughs> it's and... crazy. Anyways. Wait, is so, it the uh, same font? What what is the font the same, the same size? Font. I sent you guys the cover today. You didn't see it, Chuck? No, you, I did not. You didn't send it to You didn't yeah, send I did. it. I did. I did. I'd, I, I'd bet you money on that one. Because oh, did I, I didn't. S- you right, let me to send some it other to you. Chuck I want some negative Mike feedback. Mart. I want some negative feedback right away <laughs> from Mike Mart. <laughs> so let me find it now. God dang it. Um, it's exciting. We're both excited. Me and him have been talking yesterday and today. Very excited. But he worked so hard on it. Let me see where this dumb thing is. Okay. So, so anyways, here's the deal. When you're promoting a book, you go on podcasts. That's what? where people go to promote books on podcasts. How ridiculous is that? Like it's okay. equal to the Johnny Carson show. No, it's okay. not. Yes. No, I was told. No, I was told. Listen to me. I was told today that the Rogan, the Rogan podcast is, is equal to being on the Johnny Carson yeah, show. Maybe. But ours is not. Ours is not. <laughs> ours is like ours is equal. You know what ours is equal to, Mike? <laughs> ours is equal to Art Finds Poker Party. That's what ours is equal to. Ours is like if you're stuck in traffic, oh, okay, I'll listen to that. <laughs> wow, we don't want to insult the people that may like it, though. Because no, come on, I, no, I know, I know that people like it, but I, I, I'm too, I'm too, I don't know, taken aback to ask them why. But anyways, I get it. Couple, <laughs> couple old guys and a and a Gen Xer talking about the old days. I get it, reminiscing, and then also talking about this overwhelmingly unhappy death rate that America seems to be accepting. And part of the book. Right? Are you, did you see the cover, Chuck? Oh, yeah, hold on, I'm going to need to look. So, it, go ahead. The, the picture looks the, the same. The picture is the same, but but so basically, you look for what are some of the themes. 
one of the themes is that America is so sick and addiction is just a symptom of how sick America is. And, okay. and, and if you go back in our history, Chuck, as KDAX, we were told that, that the family is sick and mm-hmm. addiction is just a symptom of the sickness of the, of the family. We're expanding that to include the United States population now. And I do this great comparison, Chuck, that social media is the bloodstream of which the metastatization spreads. Oh, Jesus. How, How do you spell that? that? How do you how do you like that? Well, Evan well knows you're, you're going to be. I just quoted. come up with the they're ideas. Go, Evan, Evan spells gonna, things. He, they're going to go. Bob Forrest is a genius, and that's going to be quoted. And people are going to go. Where does well, he come up with what? these things? Oh, they're going to go. Evan Haynes came up with that word. Oh, <laughs> that's the truth. So listen to this. Elijah has already read it and loves it. So oh, this. Oh. So Chuck. I'm thinking maybe your boys need to read it. <laughs> you know, I want to read it just to see. Is it? Is it? It's if we know you, will we know what's in that oh, yeah, book? Yeah. No, it's 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 like this. It was this long dialogue for two years between he and I, even longer than that. I've okay. always thought treatment was pretty ineffective, even back in my day, right? Okay, you know, yeah. and and. and and it's only got less, gotten less effective. Now, there's many contributing factors to that. So this is about treatment in America, right? And, and all the different things that Americans have come up with to try to fix this problem of drink, right? It's been going on for 150 years, and nobody has done a very good job of it. you got to say AA is probably the gold standard thing that came up that really helped a lot of people. But everything else has just been quackery. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and, 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 coming from the owners of the treatment you know, center. I'm not just even talking about treatment. Quack, quack. I'm talking about sobriety in general and sobriety in general and self-help in particular. So when I started going to meetings in the mid-80s, the real thing that everybody was talking about was Bradshaw's healing the child within. Do you remember healing the child? Heal that little baby child, Chuck. There's a little baby yeah. in you that needs a hug. Oh, yeah. That's I love, why, that's why I you love, don't pay your child support, Chuck, because a little baby I, inside you needs a hug. I love pop psychology. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be a great that would be a great podcast in and of itself, going back, you know, decade by decade with the different stuff that people have come up with. That, that made a ton of sense at the time and then people moved on from and decided well, that it living, was bullshit. We're, we're living, and you and I choose to turn a blind eye to the fact, we're living in a post uh, kind of pharmacology solution to addiction, right? Even I have, you know, something came up because Bob and the Monster's playing a lot of places now all of a sudden. And, yeah. and people are writing me about my stance in there about Suboxone and my... And if they know me and they listen to this podcast, my my stance about Suboxone has evolved, is what we call it, Chuck, when we're kind of pussing out. Um, it's evolved. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> hey, if science can change its facts based on what they've learned, we can change what we believe based on what we've learned. Okay. I, I, well, I just know you can't have a rehab without Suboxone, and I'm in the rehab business. So I, well, had, to, I, I had to get hip with that. And and I'll take it down a level, okay? Because like I relate it to repairing a boat that's going to sink at sea, 
and uh, you have to get it into the port to get it repaired and give it tender, loving care before you can put it back out on the ocean or else it's just going to sink. Oh, so this is like the flex tape. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Chuck, you're exactly right. But I wanted to, I wanted to get Chuck's feedback because I really want you to read it, Chuck, and and read it with a, the open mind that I know you have. But you've well, got you don't want me to read it. Strong... You're not going to send me one. What well, the of fuck course, is you're going to read it, but you're going to agree with it. I think. I think Chuck's going to disagree with some of it. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, well then I'll just stay out of it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it really does. Are there pictures it, or just? It words? really does challenge the status quo of the of the twelve step absence based model. It does really challenge that. That that you know some of the Evan traced back where some of it comes from. It's crazy where some of it comes from. Uh, like when we do a process group and you kind of confront, you know, like whether you call it a secrets group or this group or that group. That idea that you get a bunch of addicts in a room and you try to get raw and real. Uh, I know that my friend Howard Samuels does a thing called the beast. It's about the, your addiction is the beast. And, mm-hmm. and I've done variations of it. Dr. Drew tries to make people cry, you know that. <laughs> um, and so all of these ideas are how to, how to get the addict to open up. They all come from Synanon. They're all remnants of Synanon and Delancey street and these confrontational that's uh, the, the beginning of the therapeutic communities. Was yes. There? Yeah. Yeah. You mean digging, the, digging your grave with the spoon? That's part Te- of it. Oh, Te- you know, Jesus. therapeutic communities, you know, they showed some promise because they got people to, to think and feel. But kids today, they feel way too much. We don't need to do any of that. So and on page 199 is when my whole philosophy comes up to light so if you want to jump through to the what i believe so what i so believe what the fuck is that i just had to read it over the weekend i read it in like two days i he like, reads the back and then he reads the inside liner <laughs> and he goes online and reads a couple of reviews and says that book was great that book was bullshit <laughs> yeah, that book is bull- but it was, that was amazing <laughs> no but but it's I, really I, give shiny. What I, I give what I think. And I think that addicts just get sober. And it's and and it's it doesn't matter where they are. I got sober in L.A. County Jail. My best friend got sober at home going to meetings with me. Um, Mike got sober on Christmas Day. Uh, out no in the desert. I get. went out to the desert to my sponsor's house. Right. I just I don't believe there's a one size fits all. I believe that when people get sober in rehab, it was their time to get sober. And when when they get sober in jail, it was their time to get sober. When they get sober in church, it was their time to get sober. When they get sober at their mom's house, it was their time to get sober. That is what I after 35 years, Chuck, of watching this shit. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. That, uh, that know, an individual I, is ready and all of a sudden they become sober and they and they do what's necessary to maintain sobriety, whatever that means to them. You're wasting your breath trying to preach to somebody, basically. Well, well, yeah, that we didn't have terms. You know, the big book talks about the moment of clarity or the lucid interval where you see it and you go. But it's what we did with that lucid interval. Right. Mike did something about it. You did something with it. I did something with it. We had that. Where it's just like, man, this shit's got to quit. Okay, I'm okay now, Chuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're right where I wanted you to be. Uh-oh. So, when I was at that point, I got to choose what I thought I needed to do. Right. Treatment tells you what you need to do. 
And what if it's not what you need to do? What if thinking about yourself and your belly button, all your poo butt problems for six, you know, 60 days is not what you need to do in order to, for you to stay sober? That's what the book talks about. That's right? excellent. I like that. I like that because, you know, that's the same thing as the, the old timers in AA saying that they, they're saying what the newcomers need to hear. They don't know what they need to hear until they've talked to them and they don't even talk to them. So it's the same thing with treatment. Until you talk to somebody, you don't know where they've been or what they've but, done. But, but, but understand that the insurance industry dictates what we have to do every day. I know. And I'm so right? frustrated with them and the way things the, the stuff that I have to add to a master treatment plan and the SMART goals and the short the SMART term. goals, the SMART goals are like, that's where they lost me. And I, got just out, like, I got out of charting right as the SMART goals were coming man, in. I think I need Tell to Mike get out some of, of the smart goals. Tell well, some of Mark. Let's, let's give Mike Mart a treatment plan right now. So <laughs> ask Mike the questions for the SMART goals. I'm going to take it's, this seriously too. Okay. Okay. So you never had it. You never been to rehab, Mike. Let's put Mike through rehab right now in, in like okay. 15 minutes. So it needs to be specific, <laughs> measurable, achievable, relevant. Those are and, already two. They're above me. They're all over my and, head. And, and I'm time I'm, bound. Like okay. I'm right now. I'm just too high to even fucking understand. Okay. So. <laughs> If, if, if I, but I know, but I need to do this with you in your first week when you're still detoxing. Mike so, needs a goal. He needs a goal. So he wants to get his driver's license. Okay. He doesn't so have a driver's license. So you don't do have that. a driver's license. So first. So when I get out, I can go cop dope. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> do you have a driver's license? Did you just no, lose your not. physical license? Okay. So we need, so this is the first thing on your smart goal is this week. You're going to contact the people where you're from, and you're going to ask them if they have a copy of that birth certificate. <laughs> if they don't have a copy of it, you're going to report back to me, and you're going to do this in the next seven days. That is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. I can't just... So, and then the next week, we're going to say, okay, we've help? got... How can this help anybody? It, it's you fucking know, ridiculous. <laughs> okay, and it, and you can do it with anything. It's like instead of me saying, uh, you know what, man, I, I really I know we're not a 12-step based program, but you need a support group. If you're not gonna do refuge, if you're not gonna do celebrate, if you're not gonna go to church, go to 12 step. And so my smart goal would be the client will attend two 12-step meetings this week. Or in the next seven days, yeah, and they'll report yeah, yeah, back yeah. to me what they liked, didn't uh. like, or whatever. Now, is that helpful? No. Does anybody hey, give a fuck what a fucking twenty-year-old drug addict who's got thirteen days sober thinks of an AA meeting? Who no. on fucking earth cares about that? Let me tell you something. I was talking to Joe Shrank. You know Joe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he had this, and I go, "Where the fuck are you?" And he's like, "Oh, I, this kid didn't. You know, he didn't." He didn't, he wasn't going to work in rehab. So we rented an RV. His parents got some money. We rented an RV and we're um, taking a trip to Yellowstone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and Perfect. so he was out on the road with this kid for fucking like, uh, you know, a couple of months just getting to know this kid. 
Just get him right. out of his fucking environment and get him out on the road. That's but you got to pay somebody to do that. Yeah, pay well, somebody I mean, to do that. Back you know, in the but, day, you didn't. You know, I didn't have to. Pay I mean, somebody but to do is that, that money well? Wait, wait, my, 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 my. So I didn't have to pay for somebody to do that. I did that several times. I did it with Pete Case. Did it with me one time. It didn't go so well. Didn't go so well for him either, actually. Uh, <laughs> but it's the same but, concept but, as you but, taking no, but people let out me to the tell desert. You something. Bob. Stop, Mike. God damn. These people are so, <laughs> they're so unlikable. That's it. I'm out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're so unlikable. And so, um, what is it called, Chuck? They're so uh, underdeveloped. Like, what is it called where they can't even function? They can't even, like, wash their own clothes. The, well, their ADLs um, aren't there. <laughs> what is that? But yeah, well, there are another it, abbreviation. That's what that is. <laughs> they're, just, they're, they're daily living are they capable of their daily living do yeah, they okay, shower? Do they i think bob i think what if they it. take their own kid and rent an rv and say we're fucking what if you're a dad and you have a daughter no it, it has to be an outside person it has to be an outside person what if and they get somebody from an aa group or something that says hey yeah, that's I'll what i'm saying but the kids have to be amendable to that and they're not so you end up having to pay for it that's what i'm telling you Paying for what used to just be for fun and for free. That's what you're talking about. No. Mm -hmm. okay. People from the 12-step community did that. Let me stay at their house. Let me mm -hmm. stay at their house and kick. People from the 12-step community said, listen, I'm driving to New York. Get in the car and kick dope on the way there. People used to do things for me and I did things for other people. It just doesn't exist like that anymore because the generation that you're dealing with doesn't appreciate things. They're not humble. Then they, they're it. Chuck, explain it for me. You deal with them more than I do. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Well, we just the perfect example of that is we started watching this show on uh, Netflix called Made, and the things that this woman does to get away from her abusive husband and the job she takes and the effort she puts in that's just not there. It's the, this, the entitled group. I mean, I, if I had a penny. And you don't have to be wealthy to be entitled. There no, are no. Of the poorest kids in America are the most entitled. And that's what I tell them. I go, man, you scraped up 80 bucks to get this insurance policy. And you're telling me you're going to leave if you don't get in a house on the beach. <laughs> really? That's where we are with this? Because we've got one house that is actually on the sand, but that's for the people that are killing it, that are doing what they need to do. And it's not a licensed house, so they can't even be there. So it's like, um, you know, all the the fact that, you know, why should we get a job? I can make more on unemployment. There's such a lack of motivation. And, you know, going back to that, that's why I had Bob, you know, help my kid. You know, yeah, you have to have somebody else. Nobody, hey. I help yours, you help mine. That's how this whole thing Mike, works. That's how it works. No, you I gotta, see that. You gotta no, trust I see that. that. I see so that. when when Elijah started having some troubles, and we should have Elijah on, by the way. But we when he started having troubles, I just said, Well, um, you know a lot of good people, you know, Andrew Clark, you know, you know, Floyd, you know, all these people that I know, whoever Anthony, whoever you want to talk to, go talk to him. Because I just knew that. I'm going to be the issue if it's me taking them to meetings. And uh -huh. it ended up being the great, the great it. Harold Owens helped my son an incredible amount for free, by the way, for free. 
Yeah. Right. That's, you and know, so, and, and, and because it's my son is humble. My son is son is polite. He's gracious. He's not entitled. And so you want to help somebody like that, but I'm telling you, the, the, there's not a lot of kids like that anymore. No, it, it's hard. And you know what though? This is, it's so funny because that this whole culture has even slipped into the 12 step culture. How many people have gotten comfortable on the Zoom meetings and don't even go to in-person meetings oh, a lot when of they can. Told me they're not going to meetings anymore. Right, but how do you help the new guy? How do you give them five bucks or take them to get something to eat or tell them to get in the car? We're going over here. How how do you how do you help a new person? I've known a couple people that got sober during the pandemic, but it's just like God bless you. I don't know how you did it without human interaction because if you can do it without human interaction, then we could do treatment like this. Well, that's another part of the book that explains like the Eskimo and the, the story in, in um, the big book. I don't know if it's even in there anymore, but it's, um, it's about an Eskimo that got sober by themselves, right? This fits into my theory that people just get sober when they're ready to get sober. It's miraculous. It's, it's a miracle. And it shouldn't be the responsibility of that miracle happening shouldn't be for profit, A. It shouldn't be dictated by the healthcare profession. It's something miraculous that happens and then all the people around if you really want to support and help that person listen to that person that that's what the people in my life did hoy told me rules you can stay at my house bobby if you use i'm not just going to kick you out i'm gonna beat your ass straight up that's cool he didn't tell me what time i had to get up in the morning he didn't tell me what i had chores i had he didn't tell me that i had to talk about my feelings he didn't tell me nothing he threatened physical violence (laughs) Wait a second. We need to delete him or whatever it is we do with people these days. <laughs> he needs oh to be canceled. <laughs> there you go. In 1996, he was letting me stay at his house, and I was a known thief, Chuck. Did I you? was a known thief. Bob didn't have to get his birth certificate in seven days to get his driver's <laughs> license. <laughs> well, hey, you're the one that wants to drive, not me. I'm just setting smart goals to help you get there, smart little goals. buddy. Smart goals. I don't <laughs> know. Let's get there, little buddy. <laughs> and um, oh, and I always so so. Anyways, the the idea that that anything other than a therapeutic community, an insurance driven for profit, or a non profit kind of place is going to help these people because it's just not going to come. They're not. There's there's a lack of graciousness, or or I just can't explain it. You see it everywhere, right? You see, I, by the way, I got Mexican drive-through food today. Big sign, eighteen dollars an hour. Uh, help wanted sign. Help wanted at McDonald's. Help wanted at Target. Help wanted at the gas station. There's the the guy who owns the gas station near me is working twenty you know twenty hours a day because he can't. He told me he can't find anybody to work. Right. Nobody wants to work. That's a right. fact. So when you hear this liberal bullshit about there's no jobs or there's no good paying jobs, $18 an hour, what does that work out to? Uh, you know, if you work 40 hours a week, Six, 400, uh, 600 yeah, it's bucks a, hundred, a week. 140 some dollars a day. So yeah, 600 you know, bucks a week. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't probably live in Southern California. I'll admit well, that. you can rent a room. You know, you can rent a room and you can buy a cheap ass car and you can get around like all of us did. We didn't. I didn't get sober and in a year own a place. You know, I didn't even have a car for a year <laughs> and a st- half. I'm 25 years sober. I don't own a place. Yeah. What is that guy? You know what I mean? It's crazy. 
But so it's like the idea that you think that the kids think that they should be able to get a tattoo, spend money on a tattoo on their face before they have a car, before <laughs> they have an apartment, before they have, you know what? This is what I love about that guy, Darren, that died recently is when kids would come into the shop and ask for hand or face tattoos, he'd tell them, nah, you got to walk. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> nope. I'm wow. thinking of getting, I'm thinking of getting fuck you tattooed on my forehead. Is that, is that a good one? Has anybody gotten that one? Is well, that then get it backwards. Yet? Get it backwards. So you <laughs> yeah. can read it in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways, the book's coming out on November 29th and I was just shocked to see, like, I thought, you know, I got to go on whatever, like low KTLA news or something. I thought that's like, where you go to sell a book these days? No, you go on podcasts. I guess. It's, Are you going on uh, Joe? You going? I on think Joe's so. Show? Yeah, I think so. That's a big one. And then this guy Dax Shepard. You know this guy? Oh, yeah. You listen to his podcast. Oh, my wife does. He's the one married a, to Kristen he, Bell. Oh, is he? Is he? A, is he a sober guy? Yeah, and he had a falling out. Like, like he he is it had a sober a podcast? Like, what's it called? What's like, it called? I don't know. I don't know There's what it's so called. There's so many podcasts. I just had no idea. I just had a podcast talk today. I don't, even know, I don't even know if you can call ours a sober podcast. I mean, we talk about <laughs> don't die heroin. We're going to start out. Don't die heroin and just eat meth. Give them yeah, more but, stuff. No, I'm but we're three you, sober heroin, people. Heroin is a lesser evil than so being addicted to social media. That, yeah. that I believe. Well, we covered that last week. <laughs> Well, I'm going to keep saying it. So, so anyways, there's that. And then uh, I wanted to talk about Sydney soccer practice was canceled today because the field is muddy. Oh, and no. I, 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 yeah, the field Not is muddy. mud, mud. So I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is that about? And well, uh, so we tracked <laughs> it down. It's not what, so why would you say the city of Claremont says kids can't practice on a muddy field. Why would you think that that law was that because rule? Because it'll Why ruin you, the grass. How did you know that? Because I know these things. But it also misshapes. How shapes, did my, I would think they were scared. I would think they were scared somebody would get injured and then that would lead to a lawsuit. No, it's simply they think that the grass is going to get tore up. Yep, yep. And it will. What the fuck is wrong with grass getting tore up? So they canceled practice for a hundred <laughs> kids. A hundred kids were supposed to practice after, you know, like from five, four, I think it starts at four o'clock on. A hundred kids couldn't practice soccer today because some old lady doesn't like the lawn getting torn up. And that well, is unbelievable to well, me. It, it also messes up the dirt underneath it and makes divots and stuff. So it, it, it keeps it from being flat. I get, I you get guys why sound like you're aligning with the city of Claremont right now. No, what the fuck no, is wrong no. with you? I just don't want to pay for the field to get redone. Yeah, that's oh exactly it. <laughs> it's not in the budget, Bob. <laughs> you know, we'd rather spend the money on like a dumb parade that means nothing and goes nowhere or or have some crap cover band playing down at the library. How did uh, you know that goes on? How did you what? know that? Bob, we got kids, man. We got kids. We've been through all this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Because Claremont isn't another planet. It's (laughs) just a different city. Come on. You really think it's that different out there? I I grew up like like, I grew up with there was no bands playing and there was no fucking parades. 
Really? Yeah. Fountain Valley has them. Look, there were bands all the time at Huntington Beach High. No, I didn't. I only was down there for two years. You guys are mistaken. I grew up. Here's here's uh, my. You're a fucking Huntington Beach na no, native. No, no. You're I a native. There. No, I'm not. Yeah. It's still based. The whole guess city is based I, on you. Guess Bob. where I went? When You've so, seen the pictures. Guess where I went to? <laughs> uh, yes, I went to my prom there. But guess where I went to elementary school at Imperial and Crenshaw in Inglewood, because it was the only Catholic school close to where we lived. Uh, oh, you know, by the forum. Catholic so schools went, don't mat don't count. They don't. Count. I'm thinking of having my kids go to Catholic school. I don't know. Yeah, well, he's very against it. Yeah, well, well, I would yeah. be too. I'm, <laughs> I wouldn't want to expose him to those type of people. <laughs> I think those people have those people have been run out of town on a rail, haven't they? No, the Catholics are suffering because all the evangelical Christians are 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 Starting ruining schools. everything. They're ruining everything. schools. So, so I don't know. I just found it so crazy that some old grumpy people won't let kids play soccer because it might mess up. It's, the it's me and Mike Martin. Me and Mike Martin were down there <laughs> clubbing the kids that got too close like they were little harp seals. They got close. They just wanted to play and we just beat what? them. Hey, did they put yellow tape all around it? No, but uh, two teams practiced anyways, and I was watching them. That uh, was badass. That's that, some I punk rock. Like that is some punk rock shit going on. I was waiting for the cops to come. I didn't know what was going to happen. Because what <laughs> You'll we never did take was, me alive. Well, you should have got on your was, phone and called them. <laughs> no, what we did was we had a haunted, what is it called? Trick or trunk. And all the parents trunk. had the cars backed up. And we had trunk or trunk. It's called trunk to trunk. Trunk, trunk or treat. Trunk, no, trunk or treat. Yeah, or trunk or treat. Well, at our school, trunk, 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 to, trunk to trunk, which was a, a Halloween thing, where they that's, dressed up the trunks of the cars. Everybody brought yeah, a little car. That's what we did. Yeah. We gave away candy, and then half the people are hippies, and their kids don't eat candy. So I knew that. I knew that, guys. <laughs> I knew it. I yeah. knew it. And what I did was I went to 99 Cent Store. I bought a bunch of these things called Scary Monsters. They're like little guys, like three inches tall. And I bought a bunch of glow sticks. And, uh, the, the, and I said, well, you don't have to get candy, kids. You could get a monster or a glow stick. But yeah. uh, none of them know. took it. They all so, no, again. I'm telling you, half the people, they don't let. There's a lot of people don't let their kids eat candy. A lot. Yeah. My brother-in-law. They just don't allow candy. Just yeah. zero? Zero. Well, well I mean, you maybe, know what? maybe frozen yogurt or something. I don't know. But that, that's there, weird. Some, bug, bug would rather have. Fruit, like fruit, than he would candy any day, anyhow. But he's got a thing for some ice cream every once in a while. I wouldn't want him to eat it every night, but it makes yeah, sense. Moderation. Yeah. I want to teach. I want my kids to learn moderation. Yeah, my kids don't do candy very, very you know, very often either. For Halloween, uh, they get it and stuff, and then it just sits in a bag and rots. You know, they pick out like the stuff that they like, and then the rest of it just goes to a, you know. Right, Be because and then not only that, it's not made taboo, or it's not a big deal, so they don't think that much of it. Right. I don't know. I just those parents that are depriving their kids are going to have uh, kids that are totally well, here, with here's getting one candy thing. later on. So I grew up in a neighborhood with like you knew everyone on the block, and so the, there was the Bales kids and 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 the Finans and my little sister Dana and my sister mom and 
um, a couple others like Jessica Harris and there was a bunch of people lived in my neighborhood. And so we all get together and you would trade the candy you don't like for candy that other kids didn't like. Nobody does that anymore. It was the fifties, Bob. With only oh shut up. <laughs> Did they even that have Halloween the, when you were that a kid? Was the seventies. Come on. <laughs> but we traded the candies that you and then in the end, when you got down to nothing but something you didn't like, like lemon heads, I don't like. I like the band, but I didn't like. But in the end, if that's all that's left in the fucking bag, that's what I'm eating, Chuck. Yeah. Oh, so you're. Hey, uh, hey, cocaine. Cocaine was acceptable in the 70s, too. Yeah, it was non-addictive. Yeah. I don't, you know, I'm still not I sure wish to... I'd have had it when it was non-addictive. I would have yeah. gotten in nearly as much trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think it was considered <laughs> non-addictive when it was snorted. So I think if you was, just, but it if was you just treated stuck like to snorting it. You would you would have remained non-addictive. Right, shooting it was uh, was illegal. Well, yeah. smoking it was the thing that there's no denying that's addictive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really one shot of coke and you're you're pretty good for like an hour. Me and Anthony used to do it. Oh my god, you just uh, tweak okay. out. And, uh, <laughs> I was only good window. for ten minutes, man. I needed another shot after that. No, with crack, <laughs> with crack, literally, you have that rush, and then you come down, and then you just immediately want another hit of it. Crack was an amazing drug. Sure. The was. first time I did crack was in New York City in 1983. I never had experienced <laughs> something like that. Uh, I want to hear about the last time you did it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be the night, the day I got arrested. I used to do crack and it wouldn't do anything anymore because wow, I was on man. methadone. Crack doesn't, cut, crack doesn't cut through methadone very well, Chuck. Yeah, does it? Your, de your dealer was giving you the shit. Was, <laughs> was <getting, laughs> he doesn't need the good shit anymore. I didn't have a dealer. I was just getting it off the street like everybody else. I was, get, oh, I was getting it for other people. They saw you coming. No, I got oh, good boy. stuff. I got good <laughs> stuff. People that I was selling it to. Oh, were I would happy see you it. down. I would see you down there. I would see run into you down there. We we got it at the right. same place, Lake Street, like Lake and uh, and uh, over, but you know, by the park, by the park. Yeah. yeah, but I would get it, and I would I would see other people getting really high off it, and then I would, you know, I don't know. I'm on methadone. I'm drinking. I'm on heroin. How 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 much crack you need to cut through that, Chuck? A lot. Well, I, I I would certainly start with a hundred dollars worth. Yeah. Oh no, I was a ten dollars. <laughs> I only I only had ten dollars. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is a ten dollar piece isn't that much smaller than it was in the nineties. Right. Have you That's seen weird. it? I I was thinking about it. I haven't seen drugs since I had that sober living in Beechwood. How, how long ago was that? Like six, seven years ago. I haven't even seen drugs. I talk about drugs all the time. I haven't even seen drugs. How weird is that? You know, I used to take Fred Brown. Now, remember Fred? I used to take him. To, yeah, uh, I used to take him to the doctor. White flag. Oh, yeah. well, I used to take him to the white flag. I got yeah. a great story about him. And he would go and I would see him looking at the prices on the wine bottles. I go, what are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, it's funny. Wine hasn't really gone up since I was drinking. He'd been sober for 42 years. He goes, <laughs> it's kind of amazing. It's still the cheap wine is still the same about the same price. You can still get a bottle for like 99 cents. How, yeah, how two buck Chuck was it? He was in his nineties when he died, right? Yeah, eighty-two. Oh, he was only eighty-two. He seemed a lot older. 
God, anyways, I hope. Uh, anyway, so he, I used to take him to a Monday night meeting and pick him up on Dick Street off Co- Coenga and Franklin, right, Mike? Is that where yeah. he lived? Yep. Yeah. And I'd take him to this meeting and I had a pickup truck, Chuck, and it was pretty <laughs> loud in the truck. I had a pickup truck with a V8 in it. So it was really hard to hear it. And he couldn't hear a word you said. And you'd have to yell. He'd go, what are you saying? And I'd be like, you know, do you want to go eat before or after? So and, and it seemed like he was deaf. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he was kind of deaf. Right, Mike? He was kind of deaf. Your truck was loud, too. My truck was loud. So I didn't know if he's playing a game with me or whatever. So we go to this meeting, we got there late and we sat in the second row and the person was speaking all the way across the room, like 30 feet away. And this white flag, they have a circle that's about 30 feet in diameter. And then there's half, half chairs behind the circle if you get there late so you can feel ashamed of yourself. So we're sitting in the back. The person is talking <laughs> way across the room and, and talking like I can barely hear them and tells a joke. And Fred sitting next to me starts laughing. <laughs> and I looked at him. And because with old people, you never know if they're playing jokes on you or whatever. <laughs> pulling your leg. <laughs> and I, yeah. So, so we, get in, we get in the car and I go, I go, Fred, can you hear me right now? And he goes, what? And I said, can you hear me right now? And he said, kind of. Engine's loud. And I said, <laughs> I know, but you could hear a guy 40 feet across the room that barely talked loud enough for me to hear. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I go, when Joe Riley talked, you uh, told a joke, you laughed. You couldn't have fucking heard that if you can't hear me right now. And he goes, oh, I didn't hear what he said. I just, whenever anybody laughs, I just join in. (laughs) (laughs) I like that attitude. How great of a philosophy of living is that? He was he was incredible, strange strange man. Yeah. But I heard uh, had he had he been to prison before? No, I, he was in the army like really early on when they did Same testing thing. when they did testing uh, on alcoholics with with um, LSD. LSD. Yeah, and he he used to like and would go around. Maybe that, ex- that might explain it. He yeah, was he a little was, out there. Yeah, it was great. It was great, though, because when people would share about drugs and then another person would say, you can't share about drugs in here, Fred would share about his drug experience being treated as, a, as an alcoholic for with LSD. That's the story he always went mm-hmm, to when somebody mm-hmm. told somebody else that he couldn't share about drugs in AA. Yeah. Well, I remember the time when I had to take acid. And, and, and it was a, it's a fascinating story because they, him and the, the therapist from the army sat in a room together for eight hours and the guy just observed Fred on LSD. <laughs> that would have be you, fun. Have you ever, I'm thinking about rules, right? So, so this rule really bothers me about kids can't play soccer when the field is wet. It bothers me <laughs> tremendously. Well, and who made you that You need to rule? let it go. You need who, to let but, it go. But I'm, I'm thinking about like all the rules, like the rule that some asshole says in AA, you can't talk about drugs and the rules they make, you know, people that are used in the last 24 hours can't <laughs> share. All these rules, like I don't think I've ever made a rule. I don't like rules. Why would I make one? Like if it's just so weird that there are people that go around their lives wanting to make more rules. Like you can't park on this side of the street. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, 
You know what I mean? Like so many rules, just arbitrary, made up rules that don't mean anything. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's politics. People spend rules. their whole lives doing that. And they do it at the PTO and they do it in the homeowners associations. It's, you can spot them a mile away because they're always finding problems that instead of talking about the situation and saying, hey, you know what? When the grass, when the grass is really wet and the kids get out there and run, it messes up the field for them for the next few so, weeks. So, so we'd rather you not do it. Yeah. No, you know, or but say instead consider, we're going to make consider, a law. Yeah. But say, consider, you know, don't, you know, yeah. keep the kids moving around or what, I don't know. It just seems like we're overwhelmed with all these rules. Nobody likes them. The half the country didn't like the rule that uh, their guy didn't win. Let me explain, let me explain this field rule to you since it's bothering you so much. <laughs> is the kid is people on the wet grass put divots in, like Chuck says, it dries out, and then kids go and hit these divots and sprain their ankles and get injuries and fall. Oh, that's so, part yeah. of life. That's not part of not supposed Spraining to be. Spraining your ankle is part of life. But by an intentional <laughs> So like, no, so you're supporting this rule, and, I, and I, I don't I agree. I sort of am. I can see the rationale. I can see the rationale. I'm not supporting. How it would you have this rule in Seattle, Mike? How, you how can would you do this play in inside? That's what they do inside. They play. They inside. don't play soccer inside in Seattle. Well, they but, have to. But it's it's a lot of the same people that want you to put a helmet on your kid when they're riding their razor scooter around the grass in Coachella. You know, right. it, it, it's people that are well-intentioned, but things go really far. And I think that's the kind of world we're living in. I don't know. How, what is it like? How many laws are created every year that just don't make any sense just to keep senators and and representatives busy doing something? Shuffling well, I talked about the and, rule where you can't kick off going towards a goal you're supposed to. So, so when somebody scores a goal in soccer, it's your ball to kick off and try to get even, right? You get the ball. Mm -hmm. But... But for some reason, AYSO determined that too, too often on kickoff, they, you can kick the ball too, too close to your enemy or your opposition's net and or you can score too easily. So they insist that you kick it back towards your own net. What this leads to is the other team running and getting that ball that you kick back to your teammate, intercepting it and going in and scoring a goal. And that happened four times in a row a few weeks ago. Where Sydney's team was kicking off, but you have to kick backwards towards your goal to your teammate, <laughs> right? And the other kid comes running in and knocks that kid down and takes the ball. And now it's rolling towards their goal and they're all on their own and the kids don't know what's going on. It's crazy. So they they did this to not not let kids kick off and go, you know, go score a bunch of goals. Oh my God, a bear is walking right past my house. Oh my God. Is this the craziest thing where I live? A yes. bear is walking right by my front window. This is fucking nuts. Do you have There's a bacon so suit? There's so many bears around here. It's getting cold, man. No, but it's all the fires. They're all, holy shit, he just walked right by. Just walk right by, bear. Hello, bear. Remember the guy in the Grizzly Man? Hello, bear. Hello, bear. Yeah, and then they ate him. He's just, <laughs> he's just he's just looking for a picnic basket. Do you have a picnic basket for him? So, but so they kick it. So they they're trying to create a more fair or more, you know, the perfect Valhalla. What they really are trying to remove 
is one team winning and one team losing. This reminds me. Because it bums a team out that they lose. Yeah, you're supposed to be bummed out when you lose. And This reminds me of when you were a GSR and wanted to change the big book. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Really? In the fourth, is it the fourth edition or fifth edition? (laughs) To the wives. I couldn't. To the wives. I wanted to get rid of to the wives, Chuck, and I took it all the way to the to the convention. Yeah. Right. Okay. And nobody, I couldn't catch fire even with women. Women didn't want to the wives <laughs> taken oh, out. They didn't want to change How it. the fuck? <laughs> have you ever read that chapter? It's the most misogynist yeah. bullshit. All yeah. I all I did is the Silver Lake GSR at the city level and then I couldn't get much work thing there, but then I volunteered to be the person that does a lot to talk with the people in Texas. And then I couldn't get, and it was all women I was dealing with and none of them wanted to take to the wives out. Like what kind <laughs> of fucking thing is that? I, I like to the wives. Cause it says, if your man gets drunk and goes off and has an affair, just let him come back home and let him sleep it <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, he's, he's just, just let him go because How Bill wrote that, that still be a part of the program. That is How wrote that that to right part there. Of it. I can't believe <laughs> I can't believe people don't even most people don't even know that Bill wrote that and it wasn't Lois. Yeah. You know, people thought that Lois had a part in that, but that was that was Bill's interpretation of what a woman should do. Yeah. <laughs> what the little how the little woman should handle it. <laughs> well, it wasn't it then they mishandle the family uh, budget or the food grocery budget. Like it's just so awful. And and in whatever year it was, 1999, I was a part of GSR in Southern for Southern California trying to get some some traction with the idea of removing to the wives. I couldn't get one person to join me, including women, Chuck. They were afraid. They this is afraid. where it's going to go with the soccer field and the wet soccer. <laughs> field. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You're gonna you're gonna be a, a coalition of one with your soccer field. <laughs> Maybe if I if I can get this law reversed and they allow children to practice on a wet field, and then it dries up and it causes a child to break their ankle, they can sue me. Right? How about you know that? what? All you'd have to do <laughs> is get one or the other side of politics to back you. And then the other side would make would such a stink, would have to oppose. Now you've got the attention you need. If they could do it with a virus. Create division. I right? just want two. I just want two rules changed. They can practice on a wet field and you kick the ball towards your the goal. You're trying to hit a goal in at kickoff time. If I can get those. Divide two those parents, Bob. You need to divide, <laughs> divide them right them. in half and divide get them, them fighting. Well, they're divided already between the sugar and non-sugar crowd for yes. sure. So. So anyways, it's, it, it, it is like overwhelming that I just feel like somehow I live in this little bubble of that doesn't have a lot of outside influences. And then all of a sudden I learned something new. Like I'm thinking that the publicist is going to get us on KTLA news, channel five news in the morning that I like. I love no, that. No, I watch no, 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 you'd be on podcasts. <laughs> and I said, I said, I have a podcast and though and you can feel on the other end of the phone, yeah, we're not talking about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not yeah. like yours. Like a like a real one. Like <laughs> so the dream list is Rogan, uh, Russell Brand, Dax Shepard, 
And then if you, the grand slam home run miracle of your life is Howard Stern. That's, that's the top four things for a self-help book author to really? get on those four things is self-help in the hands of Joe Rogan and Dax Shepard and Russell Brand and Howard yep. Stern. Is that where, is that where self-help is? Yep. Joe's got power. People listen to Joe like you wouldn't believe. I was looking at our analytics. We get 16,000 listens a month. Wow. So don't understand. And, and Joe Rogan gets 16 million. That's exactly. the difference. Exactly. Yeah. Different. <laughs> it's just zeros. But, but so do, do people not watch television anymore? The impression I got today, Chuck, was people listen to podcasts more than they watch television. I think what it is, is that radio has gotten so unlistenable that people listen to podcasts in their cars. Oh, there is such bullshit on the fucking radio that John. That, that's Cameron what I'm telling you is that people, people over 40 are just. They're, Listen they're to just, podcasts. They're, they're not having the, the terrestrial radio just sucks ass. And the sound on some of the satellite radio, because it came free with my car for a little while. You know, the sound is so bad sometimes, you know, it has that. Yeah. I don't know about your car, but my Sirius XM sounds a fucking amazing. And has yeah. the best shows ever, man. The the Tom the Tom Morello show is is crazy good, man. From Rage Against the Machine. Maybe we should be. Maybe I should try to get on the Tom Morello. I looked it up though. Do you know like all this talk about Fox News and MSNBC and CNN, or let's say just say the basic one, CNN versus Fox News, right? And how mm -hmm. it's the center of the universe and. And it's where the it's battleground of America's war, culture war or whatever. Do you know that only about 800,000 people a night watch CNN and only about uh, 970,000 watch Fox? So only 1.7 million Americans watch those between both sides of the out argument. of 330 out of million. 370 million. Now, oh, children, children are like, you know. 80 million of it but say say of the uh, 280 million american adult americans there's only like half half of 1% are listening to that bullshit now get but, this more people listen to joe rogan every day than yeah. watch fox news or cnn how crazy is that so uh, so i was educated today these the world is changing it's true that Joe Rogan and Howard Stern have more power than network news organizations, than late night television uh, people. It's crazy. I, I keep waiting because Joe has gotten to that point where, well, you know, you know why the, the CNN and the Fox seems such, like such a big deal is because everybody's so busy reposting and rehashing and talking about it. it those people are, they're the, they're the weirdos. They're the fanatics. And so something is said on Fox and it gets repeated from person to person to person to person. I think it's those those networks are reposting it. That's what they're doing. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm surprised Joe hasn't been taken out or at least deleted or canceled or whatever because of all the people that listen to him. He, he is in that position where when people ask me if I listen to Joe Rogan and I say, no, I don't, they look at me like, like I'm like some you're sort insane, of right, right. Right. Like, what yeah, do you mean exactly. you don't listen? Because he's the fact bringer. He's the truth bringer. He's the most intelligent person. So is he more popular than Howard Stern? I have no idea. I don't know. I think I think with the younger kids, he is. I think I think you've got to be older to, to be a Howard Stern fan. 
Another one is Mark Marin with the What the Fuck podcast, man. That's a that's another one that's huge and really big. It's crazy. That is right. Well, especially with the amount of money it costs to produce a podcast as opposed to a television show <laughs> with the studio <laughs> and the guests and the freaking green Think rooms of that. and the Think uh, of and, that. That's I mean, crazy it, to me. It, it, it maybe it's on its way out. Howard Stearns is all remote now. They don't even go. They don't even leave their houses. They have an all remote uh, system where they they just sit in their houses and do it because yeah, they copy us. Yeah. yeah, they're copying us. That's it. That's it. But, what a bunch uh, of lames. So <laughs> I want you to read the book, Chuck. I'm going to get it to you somehow, some way and tell me. I'd like you to write down notes, like just make a red mark where it really pisses you off something that's said. Because some wacky shit, you know, it's coming from me and Evan. Some wacky shit is said. Trust me. Well, good. Like, you know, who Evan's obsessed with the Quakers. He thinks they did the best job at dealing with alcoholics. Because, you know, the Quakers were like way ahead of their time, like a hundred years ago, dealing without the drink problem. What do they make them churn butter all day? I think, I think, yeah, you can't, you got to get out there on the farm nation of Islam. Uh, the, not the Islam in general, Muslim religion, but the, the specific American version called nation right. of Islam. We claim to have a hundred percent, uh, uh, 100% success in getting people off of drugs. Do you know how? You can't be a member of the Nation of Islam if you take drugs and drink. So they have There this, you go. This, so, so, 100%. So anybody that becomes a part of the Nation of Islam joins that community and drinking drugs and smoking is not allowed. And if you're an addict who wants to get into that community, they have these programs that you went through learning both Nation of Islam as a religion and getting off of drugs. Scientology did the same thing, modeling kind of after Nation of Islam. They had Narconon centers, which were drug cleansing centers. So that, mm -hmm. and you would be educated in Scientology and then you would join Scientology. So yeah. it's crazy Ooh. to me. Which basically it's, just sounds like an anonymous narc situation where you just go and tell on people and nobody tells mm -hmm. who you are. Yeah. Well, they did. I did go to the detox unit and so did Flea back in the 80s. And Eric Roberts, a friend of mine, that actor guy. We all went there and they kind of get some, somebody's in the hot tub with you that you're not familiar with and they kind of get a little too personal. When Flea mentioned it to me, I knew that it had happened to me too. So what you do is you take niacin. Are you familiar with the, the Scientology oh, yeah. detox? Well, so Mike, no, but I know niacin, niacin turns you red. You take niacin and then you drink fruit juice and you sit in hot tubs, Yeah, which I'm known as hot tub Bobby. So I'm ready to go with Ooh. that. And sounds like sounds like you might poop in the hot tub. But, yeah, I might. But it takes you like <laughs> it, it, you sit in there for like, I don't know, like four hours or six hours. And, and the, there's like four or five people coming in and out of the hot tub when I was doing it. And one of them inevitably kind of starts talking about really personal shit. They, they talk about their personal shit. Yeah, this is the second time I've been through and I'm really, you know, I'm getting at my core issues. You know, I, my father, my stepfather molested me. Like This is a guy telling me this, Chuck, in a hot yeah. tub. Right. That's at so a Scientology hot. thing. And I yeah. just, it wasn't hot. <laughs> 
How did you get past the written test? Because me and Clam, remember Clam? Yeah, Clam. And the artist, he's an artist. And uh, we went into to Scientology just like, you know, after we'd been drinking, yeah. we thought, let's go take the test. So we went in and we took the written test and they, they came, we waited and they came out. There's a 99% chance that you're just going to commit suicide. And they, <laughs> and they, and they turned us away. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck we said wrong. Mm -hmm. I, well, that was on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. This, this was a specific thing to detoxification. They did ads in the back of the LA Weekly. And it was detoxification for free. It was free detoxification, Chuck. Who's That's not going to sign deal. up for that? Who's not going to sign up for that when they don't have $20? You're oh, going to call that number sooner or later. It was, hot tubs I, or strangers I, I on tore there. it out of the back of the LA Weekly. I'll never forget. I tore it out because it said free detox. And then in my mind, I went around using for like two months going, yeah, I'm going to a free detox after fucking this. Like, you know, yeah, this, <laughs> right after after this, after is this gone. weekend, like I'm going to a free detox. I had never called or anything. But then when I did inevitably call, it was the Narcanon bass and niacin and i got in for some reason i think you had to pay like 60 bucks or something Dude, but does um, anything sound wrong about drinking fruit juice and niacin and sitting in a hot tub with people i mean it just well like but, the, but i think that what they try to do is get you to tell your secrets to like right. what you think is a stranger and then they angle that to get you into scientology right because that, that's where the money is i've watched enough shows about the the scientology that it kind of that whole thing just kind of it doesn't nothing sits right about it it's it's a scary thing but i guess all religion is kind of scary to me it works for but they people. but they dealt with addicts the quakers dealt with addicts nation of islam psychiatric hospitals they used to give uh uh drug addicts and i think bud powell the great piano player had this um not electroconvulsive therapy they shot them up with insulin to make them have insulin shock Right, what the fuck to go into insulin shock or something? They thought you know reset the brain. They had electroconvulsive therapy. They had <laughs> replacement therapy. They had the Schick Center where you drank your favorite alcohol after taking antibiotics and threw up. So we get into all drug treatment in America, all the wacky shit that's gone on. And here's the crazy conclusion, Chuck. People got sober at the Sheikh Center and claimed the Sheikh Center helped them to, yep. to achieve sobriety. They, the Nation of Islam, Quakers, the all the way down the line, down the line to the Evangelical Churches of Orange County. Mm -hmm. All of them helped an addict get off of drugs. Well, there you go. Now we don't have to read the book. We just got the end. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Bob. Well, I'm going to do an illustration the book and and i think that it's good for people that work in treatment to realize that i was kind of shocked by it like if you just look at there's like been 60 or 70 approaches to addiction and alcoholism not just one not just the minnesota model not just aa there's been dozens and dozens of approaches and all of them had success is the crazy thing well even the vikings they they did tie you to the mast of a small ship and just kind of push you out in the ocean. That solved the problems. What? The gene pool. What? <laughs> if, if, you were, <laughs> if you were insane or weren't able to keep it, if you weren't hired on as a berserker and you weren't right, they just tie you to the mast and send you out. Yeah. That dealt with the problems. With yeah. the problem of drinking? 
of all sorts of problems, whether it be insanity or overindulgence. They had drugs and alcohol. It's just interesting to me. I still don't know what the answer is, but I definitely got better insight about all the different things that people have tried. Like, you know, and, and AA does poo-hoo anything but AA. We got to admit that, you, well, you know, majority of AAs. But I would believe probably I'm not a member of Nation of Islam who got sober in Nation of Islam. But I would imagine the people that got sober, the heroin addicts that got sober that are part of Nation of Islam would say the Nation of Islam is the only thing that can help. And AA is bullshit and vice versa for everything. Well, and Scientology and Narconon and all this stuff. Everybody who got sober in whatever environment is going to claim that's the way, the light and the truth. You know, my mother bless her dead soul um said to me one time bobby i knew you were going to get sober this is when i was a year sober she had given me my cake i went home to oklahoma for her to give me a cake and i said you know nancy well, you know what why why you didn't seem like you did and she goes no bobby the lord told me that he was gonna he was gonna get you sober and i said hmm. well that's news to me right and we got in this, this is the night she gave me my cake, Chuck. We got in a huge fight and I left her house and went and stayed in a motel because she told me that Christ had gotten me sober because she mm. had asked him to. And I said, simply, when did you ask him to? And she said, I asked him every day. And I said, well, when was the first day you started asking him? And she said, oh, years ago. And I said, why, why did it take eight years of me suffering? My girlfriend at the time, who was much more rational, she said, well, there was a lot of people ahead of you. <laughs> you know, it's a hell of a backup when you're answering oh, the whole world's can prayers. Can you imagine all the things, all the people that he has to get sober? Uh, I, I no wonder he's just going to end this thing. He's just overworked <laughs> and underappreciated. Everybody's it mocking took him. him. Six, and... year, seven years to get to me. He had yeah. seven years of getting people sober backed up in front of him. Maybe every day when triage. he went into the office, yeah. every you think yeah. your fucking life is miserable <laughs> with you charting on thirteen clients. He's got a list of seven million people. <laughs> At least, <laughs> apparently, he's still overwhelmed, even more so now. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, she so she was so confident of that. I was so offended. That was because of my relationship with her, right? Chuck is yeah, what I learned later. I just figured out why. Yeah. It's because this this the sporting events that he's busy. <laughs> he has he to make sure that he, Tom Brady wins the, and the sporting and events AC that people Green. have been praying about. And so yeah, they can he's got to get the Red God. Sox. Yeah. He's got to get the curse of the Bambino out of the way. Straight, he must have so much out. On his, can you imagine what his desk looks like? Oh, Can you imagine? Eight, ten years later, probably. My Auntie Abby, who I idolized and loved, um, I used to go visit her on Sunday night. And she says the same thing to me. Sobriety came up. I, it was like my birthday or something. I said, Auntie Abby, you know, I have eight years sober now. And she was like, oh, Bobby, that's so great. You know, I knew you were going to get off drugs. I knew. I prayed every night that the Lord help you get off of drugs. And when she said it, Chuck, I started crying and I believed it. How about mm. that? How about that? Oh, hey, what happened? Bob's phone left. His phone died. Oh, Look at I that. guess we're done tonight, guys. <laughs> well, well, have a great this night, is kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Let's it's say good the night. Mike and Chuck show. Let's say good night, uh, Chuck, and uh, and we'll call. Good night, Chuck. Good night, Mike Mark. Yeah. We'll catch you all next time. That hey. is a great ending. Yeah. I'm dying, Chuck. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>